After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Red Circle, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check us out on Off the Floor. That's our new Discord Got more than 300 members on there. I can tell you they go all day long. You can turn the notifications on if you don't want to listen to them. But the best thing about it is you get the host updates from us. So behind the scenes information, things that you don't get on Twitter right away. For instance, I gave everybody the download on the Kyle Lowry situation before anybody else had it on Twitter. You can find that on Off the Floor. That, again, is our new Discord. The link is right here on the YouTube description as well as the podcast description and the top of the Five Reasons Twitter page. And now, today's episode. Down the bitch gang. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Drive for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Check the floor plan. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's probably have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. So you know when you hit a point that you just can't ignore stuff anymore? Tonight was that night for the Miami Heat. They go up to Orlando, they lose 105-87 to to the Orlando Magic, a team that they'd beaten twice already this season, including up there in Orlando about a month ago. But it's not just that they lost by 18 points. It's the way they lost. Today's floor plan. This is the first time this season where it just looked like they didn't care. And we had these moments a lot last year as the team careened towards the play-in and had to be saved by Max Struess with three minutes left against Chicago. But I really hadn't felt those moments this year, honestly. It felt like there was a new level of enthusiasm with some of the players who've been injected into the rotation, whether it was Hakez, who's still out, or Jovic. Um, but tonight, it just I, I don't know if because the frustration set in or what, but this this team looked disconnected. It looked disinterested. Uh, it did not look like a Miami Heat team that is building towards something. It looks to it looked like a team that in some ways is kind of sick of each other. And again, I did, was not anticipating that at this stage of the season. So today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. We've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. Alex Salido. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. And I'll go through some of the numbers here, guys, but I don't think the numbers tell the entire story. Bam led with 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. 
Are you looking at that stat line? You're like, it's a fairly dominant performance. Uh, Jimmy Butler, 15 points, 10 field goal attempts tonight, four rebounds, two assists, not impactful. Tyler Hero, 12 points on four of 14 shooting, four of 11 from three. I actually felt he played the way that people have wanted him to play. A lot of spot-up shooting, three-point shooting. He didn't make the shots, but again, this is what people have been calling for, including some of us, including me, for him to play off the ball a little bit more. He did it. It just didn't work tonight. Caleb Morton, five of seven in the starting lineup, 11 points in 31 minutes. We'll get to that starting discussion in a second because that's a big part of everything that's going on. Nikola Jovic, uh, two points, three rebounds in 15 minutes. He did start again. Off the bench, one guy shot 50% or better from the floor. That was Kevin Love, who had nine points on three of six shooting, made a couple of threes. The others, Duncan, has not looked as good since he's gone back to the bench. One of six overall, 0 of three from three. Highsmith, I thought, had good minutes tonight. We'll discuss him a little bit more as we go forward. Josh Richardson was one of four in just nine minutes, so a lesser dose of minutes uh, for Josh Richardson. And Kyle Lowry, who I'm sure we will speak about again tonight a few times, one of nine from the floor, 0 of six from three, coming off the bench again after saying that he would wanted to continue to start, to continue doing what he's done all year. It was actually worse tonight than he's been most of the year coming off the bench. Greg, I'll go to you on this because, I mean, you posted some stuff on off the floor. We'll get to our game of the night, our play of the night and all that stuff, but it feels kind of perfunctory because um, I think we're, we're talking about larger issues with this team. And we've done a couple of podcasts over the weekend. We did one on the Kyle Lowry situation and fleshed that out, you and I, for 48 minutes. Alex and I, we got into point guards that they could look at, DeJounte Murray and uh, Terry Rozier, prominent among them. But – I guess what I never expect from this team is lack of effort, lack of focus, mm -hmm. lack of trust. That feels bigger than all the rest of this stuff. It does. And it feels like uh, we finally, it's come to a head. And three games in a row now they've lost. Tonight was the one where they look completely off balance, out of touch. Uh, it, there's just no excuse for it because they got their guys back. Like they, these are the games that they needed to start to tally up some victories and it's going in the opposite direction and they look disconnected as can be. If ever I've seen a team that needs a move, it's this team now. That's how I feel. And it's unfortunate that things swing this quickly in the league, but they do. And here we are. I, I think that they ultimately are not going to be able to avoid having to infuse some more talent into the roster some more offensive firepower into the roster. And then they're going to have to stick to the defensive identity that has slowly started to creep back to them in the month of January. Otherwise, this season is getting weirder and weirder by the minute, and the vibes are way off. Brady, why does this team look worse the more guys they have healthy? That's it. Like, that's the thing. It's the fact that when they have more guys, I mean – that's the part that I think we have to talk more about. I think that's the thing that we have to look in the eyes and say, like, for one, the playoff thing and the fact when, it, when the guys go down and Jimmy's usage goes up and they go on runs. But even throwing that out for a second, we've said this all year in, in, in years past. When there's a regular season game, when there's like a guy that goes down and they're playing with a lesser roster, I think everybody takes a deeper breath. They're like, you feel good about this game just because the way they handle it, the way that Spode coaches it up uh, and the way that they play that that certain style – you feel better about that offensive system. And then I think you look around at games like this and it's like, 
I just don't think they know who the first option is. I don't think they know who the ball is working through on a given possession. I feel like there's still this in, in year five, there's still this question mark of like, I don't even want to, it's not even the fact that they're, they're like stepping on each other's toes. It's more so they don't want to step on each other's toes. Like, that's the way I see it. Like, it's like Tyler's kind of saying to himself, okay, I don't want to do this and, and get up this many shots. So I'm going to play this type of role. And then now he's trying to press and trying to get back into the game. And I use Tyler's example because I feel like he's the one that's always going to get the most most flack. But then there's the BAM aspect because he's sitting there at parts of this game where he's settling for these free throw line jumpers where it's like he needs to be rolling to the basket. Tyler even said it in the, during the game at the beginning. He's like, you've got to come and roll to the basket when I'm getting down there. Uh, and then there's the Jimmy factor, which is just it seems like he can do it when he chooses to. But it's like, when when is he going to choose to? There was the final stint. He, he came out late in that game. They, they took him back out. But when he came in around the 7-6 minute mark, I don't think he touched the ball. Like I was thinking, I, I want to go back through it, but I remember saying to myself, like, did he touch the ball in that entire fourth quarter stint? And it's like, that that's the question marks I have. And it's like, they rely on their role players so much. And then you look around in a game like this and you see these poor role player performances. And it's like, but this is what happens when you do, when you do that formula, like it's going to eventually happen. These role players are going to hit a wall. You have to rely on your best players. And when your best players are kind of doing this thing where, doesn't feel like they know where, where to be and, and when to get the ball and where to go. Like, I, I think that becomes a problem. So that part that you mentioned, them looking worse when they have all their guys, is definitely something that we need to discuss and they're discussing and trying to figure out as, as they move forward. Because scoring 80 points in a basketball game in this day and age, like, like <laughs> that just can't happen. And there were other breakdowns defensively too. I mean, there, there were, I mean, uh, Duncan, I don't know what he was doing on this one pass from the, the three point line and backdoor cuts and bam was not himself defensively tonight either. I felt like Highsmith was defending and that was it. Like that's, that's how it felt for good portions of this game. And I think we have to have a conversation about, again, we're going to talk more about the starting lineup as we go forward. But Alex, um, when we did the midseason pod, I said, that most teams around the league do not have a superstar who is a different player in the playoffs and the regular season. And I don't want to blame one person, just like everybody thinks I'm blaming Kyle Lowry, others are blaming Tyler Hero. Bam, you're right, has not been as aggressive rolling to the basket, and it seems like he's just said, okay, you know what, I'll take the dotted line jumper because that's what's available to me in this offense. And we've talked about his the lack of uh, dunks from him and everything else. He's essentially just become a mid-range player for the most part. And the role guys, it does seem like they're struggling to fit in with the exception of Hawkes, who isn't there, who's the one guy who doesn't seem to care. He just goes, right? But but I, I, think, I think to the overall point, though, Alex, like they take their cues from Jimmy. And I feel like we're at this stage of the season where if you don't know which Jimmy you're getting on a given night, if it's going to be 10 field goal attempt Jimmy, then other guys are hesitant because they don't know, is this a night I should go? Is this a night I should pull back? How much more does he need to do? Because we don't, he's great, but he's not great on a consistent basis in the regular season. And I, I, we don't say that about Jokic or Embiid or, uh, or, or, or any of these other guys that were, or, or even Tatum or Booker, or we don't say that, but, or, or Shea, <laughs> right. But we say it about Jimmy. So how, how do they get through that? It's tough, man, and, and you're so right. Like, and, and I think what it comes down to is it's not enough. Now, he does have his reasoning for it, right? Like, we've seen him. Like, he gets a certain benefit of the doubt when it comes to the way he treats the regular season because of the way he just turns up at an unreal level in the playoffs 
And, you know, who knows if if he can even do that again this season. We don't know that until we see it. He's also, of course, he had the ankle thing last playoffs. He's been dealing with more stuff this season. So you don't know that for one thing, right? Then the other thing is, like, you know, they've, they've acknowledged this season that they don't want to They've kind of acknowledged it without outright saying it that they don't want to be in that in the same position that they were last year um, when it comes to just having to fight through the play and to then face like, you know, one of the best teams in the conference in the first round. Like you're just making it so hard on yourself. And I think they understand that the problem is in order to get to that goal of like, you know, getting to home quarter, the five seed, right? Something like that. Like you've got to win some of these games. And I don't think they have enough when Jimmy is not being Jimmy. Like a lot of times it really, like Brady was talking about, if it, if Jimmy is not playing at that level, and I'm not even talking about playoff Jimmy, I'm talking about all-star caliber Jimmy. I'm not even talking about superstar, none of that. If he's not playing more or less up to his standard, I think it just puts so much pressure on everybody else to do a little bit too much, like to kind of go over their heads, play over the, above their heads a little bit. And like, you look at it tonight, 55% at the rim, 30% in the mid-range and 33% from three. How do you win with those numbers? Like, <laughs> I'm not a mathematologist. I don't I don't know how you win with those numbers. And then you, you factor in, like, the transition offensive rating of 63.6. Like, I, I legit don't understand how you're supposed to win any games with those types of numbers. And you got to give credit to the Magic. They've been in elite defense all season. Like, this tracks with what they've been doing. They did not play their brand of basketball tonight either. The Heat didn't. Like, you you let the Magic get 43% of their shots, their overall shots, come at the rim. And that's what they do. Like, they're, they they attack the rim. But the Heat's whole thing is supposed to be, like, keeping you from getting all those shots up at the rim. And then on the other side of the ball, the Heat, like, even though they were missing everything and, you know, they weren't converting from anywhere, like I said, but they kept taking more and more threes. Like, they ended up taking 13 more threes then mid-range shots, 16 more threes than shots at the rim. And, like, that gap between their threes and mid-range is very, very unusual. Like, it, a lot of times it's they, they're taking more middies than threes. Like, them scaling up their their, their three-point volume like that is not – that's not something that they do a lot. And I think, like, it wasn't falling, right? You saw from Tyler, from Duncan, it wasn't enough. They, they didn't have it. And then it's like you're not getting anything at the rim. You're not scoring in transition. And then your bread and butter, the mid-range, is not working out for you either. Like, you have no chance. You have no chance. And then you you talk – that's that's before you even get into Jimmy. You know what I mean? So it's like there's so many problems to balance. And I think it starts with Jimmy like you're talking about because it's like he's the one that's setting the tone. And if Jimmy – if the team is built a certain way with Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler being up there and then, what you know, whoever else you want to throw in that, that are their best players, whatever, I feel like the hierarchy is constantly getting thrown out in the regular season because Jimmy is not playing at that level. And then all these other guys are asked to do a little bit more. And when they don't, I mean, you're doing, you're trying to ask that of them against an elite defense. Like it's really tough, man. They finished with a, with a six percentile offensive rating and a 15th percentile half court offensive rating. The the offense is a problem, man. When they're like, I, I think the three point shooting and also Jaime Hawkins emergence earlier in the season has, has kind of put a bandaid, right? Because, like, there's been so many nights where, like, the defense has been a problem this season that we weren't expecting that, and we hold them to a higher standard. But, man, now it's like Hawkins is out. They're missing all that movement, the extra rim pressure he he provides, and they miss him dearly. And the Band-Aid came off, and the three-point shooting is now, like, is not there anymore either. So it's like you're getting all these things happening at the same time, 
and it's a big problem. It puts even more pressure on them to be like fantastic on the defensive end, which I don't think they have been consistently this season. And I don't think they were that great at it tonight either. Like letting the magic just kind of get whatever they want, getting towards the rim. Like it's not, you know, that's that's not how you win games. Me heat. 18, 18 of 53 from two. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tonight. So they did scale up the three-point shooting, but 18 of 53 uh, from two. And and we'll, we'll get to our, our gamer of the night here in a second. But I, I just want to acknowledge one thing. Eric Spolster is tinkering at this stage. It's obvious. Like this is a point of the season where we're we're before the trade deadline, and the Kyle Lowry. Let me just update people on what Eric said before the game. If you listen to our previous two podcasts, have followed us on playback and Discord, you already know this stuff. But you know, Kyle was Kyle Lowry was uh, did not come to shoot around on Friday because he was stuck in Toronto. He flew separately from the team. It's not the first time it's happened. He informed them. Uh, that he was being hung up there and all the rest of this. So this wasn't the case of insubordination or anything, but he wasn't at the shoot around on Friday and Spolstra was looking to make a change. 
uh, had decided that they were going to try to guard Trey Young with Caleb Martin because they wanted to keep Jovich in the starting lineup. He didn't have a chance to discuss it with Kyle because he wasn't at shoot-around. Trey was ruled out a few hours later. Spolscher decided to stay with it. Then, of course, Kyle, after the game, and speaking to Barry and I, uh, Barry's question uh, directly said that he expected to start again um, and that Spo wanted to look at something different, and he didn't start again. Uh, and he shot one of nine from the floor uh, off the bench. Didn't really look any different than he's looked lately. Put up a stat line that we've seen before. It was at two points, two rebounds, and three assists. Uh, in 20-something minutes. Actually, it was Josh Richardson's minutes who got cut tonight. He was cut down to nine. And and I, I guess, Greg, he, here's the thing. He, he's experimenting. He's looking for different combinations. And for those who are saying, well, Kyle's getting blamed for everything, you know, I understand where they're coming from because it's not it's not just him that's struggling, but he's not a part of the solution either. I think we've, we've come to that conclusion now mm. at this stage, and I think they have come to that conclusion so what are the solutions in terms of, uh, I mean, does anything matter in terms of the starting lineup? Because right now he's tried Jovic and Caleb. Jovic hasn't given him much in the past couple games. Do you try Highsmith? Do I, you, or do you just, when Hawkins is back from the groin injury, do you just put him in the starting lineup and saying, you know what, he's been one of our three or four best players this year. We're going to start him from the jump. Or do you look at trying to get Duncan going? Because I, it feels like he's the one who suffered the collateral damage of everybody being back healthy again. So, how, how Greg, how would you handle that before we get to our I would, punctury stuff for the night? I, I'm, I'll maintain this. I think Duncan Robinson should start. I think that he, it, everything always just looks cleaner when he's on the floor. I think that they should start off that way. That would be the way to, for them to at least get off to somewhat of a clean start at times, especially if he's hot. So that that's really the, but I think to your point, Spo may try Haywood Highsmith. Like that's probably next up. Um, I don't know how that'll go. We'll see. It has a lot to do with the shooting um, from the entire roster, and that's why this isn't a Kyle Lowry problem. It's not one person's problem, but it is an issue for the entire team. And um, I think that to be tinkering in game forty-two. At this point, it's just uh, it didn't feel like they were tinkering when they were seven games above 500 and about to be eight games above 500. And then the Atlanta game goes south, etc. It's just been a weird little stretch here. And um, it feels like things are getting super fractured all of a sudden. They've lost three out of four in the game they won. They had to scramble back after a horrific shooting first half in Brooklyn and push that game to overtime. And that is the one time we've said that Tyler and Jimmy looked good together. But I'm going to keep coming back to this. And, and I, I this is where I understand Heat fans who want to move. But, again, if they're not going to trade any of their core four, and I'm concluding Hawkes as the fourth right now, but with Tyler being the third, I don't know how the the – the tone of this really changes dramatically. I'm in favor of a move. We've talked about some of the moves, but if they're now 31 and 32 over the past season and a half, when bam, Jimmy and Tyler have started together, that's not a small sample size. They have to know what the sample size is. And I just, you know, it's like they just keep when everybody's healthy, they just keep changing the chairs around the three of them. And so now it was Jovich and Martin before it was Lowry. And, you know, <laughs> and Haywood or Lowry and Love. I mean, they keep changing them, but th the reality is when the three of them play together, it does look like they're looking not to step on each other's toes, and it's just not fluid. And the other thing that, that came out of it tonight was if you watch the huddles, and we were watching on playback, nobody's talking. 
Like nobody's moving on the court and on the bench, nobody's talking. Like UD, and we talk about UD a lot in the past few days, would have chewed them out tonight. I don't know that they have that person to do that right now. Kevin Love is a tremendous leader. It's not his style. Okay. Bam is the captain. It's not his style. Jimmy's not going to do that. Right. And the other guys on this team don't feel like they're in position to do that. So they're, they're in a funk that, and, and I do think that there is a little bit of a trial period here where I think Spolster is experimenting before the trade that if you're going to do it, experiment now, take a look at all these different combinations, see what's working. Hope you don't lose the team in the process. And when you finally come to it in a week and a half or two weeks, you're like, okay, we need to do something because <laughs> I've tried everything. I'm not saying he's doing it intentionally for that purpose, but it does look like, again, if you're going to do it, do it now. Don't do it February 23rd. It's too late at that point. Right? So I think if, if you're a Heat fan who's wanted a move, this bad stretch probably comes at the right time, actually, unless the front office decides, okay, we're not that close, and so we're not going to make a move. We're not going to punt, not, not punt, but not going to trade a first-round pick or something like that to try to salvage the season because it's unsalvageable. That's not typically the way that they think, so I would hope they don't think that because, again, you want to give Jimmy the best possible opportunity, but, again, all of this playing out right before the trade deadline and Spolster tinkering with so many different things at this stage is interesting to me. We do want to mention the Rock Esports Gamer of the Night, and that's, um, that's uh, again, oh, well, go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry. My and bad. now on Five on the Floor, it's time for the Gamer of the Night, sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink, and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them. Located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay, they've got a 5,500-square-foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power. Play all-day passes, available for just 25 bucks. but if you mention five reasons... It's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the gamer of the night. Sorry, that was my bad. I take responsibility for that one. Now, we do want to mention, before we get to the gamer of the night, this Saturday, this Saturday, Heat Knicks, 3 o'clock at Rocky Sports Center. You can watch with us for free. If you want to beat Alex and hopefully Brady, you're not getting off the hook this time, and hopefully Brady in 2K, get there anytime during the game, sign up. We've been putting the link up for the 2K tournament. Not only can you win the prize pool that we were giving out already, but I'm throwing we're throwing 50 bucks cash on top for the winner. And for second place, you're going to get your choice, Better Edge or Prize Picks promo funds. Uh, third place, uh, you get merchandise from us. So you, there's there's plenty to win down there, and we're going to have a good time, win or lose, as they face the Knicks. And we'll be down there all day Saturday. So people have been saying, oh, the games are too late. We're gonna... No, no. We're going to Palmetto Bay. It's a Saturday afternoon into the evening. So come hang out with us. We'll have food and all that good stuff. And you can watch the game with us down there at Rocky Sports Center in Palmetto Bay. Um, the gamer of the night, I mean, it's got to be Paolo, I would think. I mean, 20 and 10 tonight, and he had an impact that he didn't have uh, in the prior game. And so I'll, I'll get to this. I'll use this as a way to get into it. Brady, why would you not start Haywood Highsmith tonight, considering I think the last time that Paolo faced him, he was shot like two of nine against Haywood or something along those lines. Did they make a mistake not starting him on him tonight? I think they should have started him the last game that's kind of been the point that I've been making over and over is that if you were to take Kyle out of the lineup, I would have gone with Haywood because it fits more of the stuff that we're talking about with the fact of, of jumbling the top three guys together. 
How about you put a guy in there that can defend multiple positions at an extremely high level and doesn't demand the ball whatsoever. And he's just going to kind of just play his role, screen, go away, take spot ups, et cetera. So I just think after he went to Caleb originally, there's just no way he pulls the plug now and Caleb and goes to Haywood and plays this revolving door of starters and, and without trying to find a, a specific lineup to try to find and gel and catch momentum. So I don't know about it tonight. Like I said, I think it was more so big picture, but we keep doing this thing. Like once again, I, I don't mean to keep going back to the top guys, but we're going to keep pointing these fingers at these other guys surrounding them where it feels like they just need to figure it out and be better together. Like it's going, it, it really doesn't matter about who's around them consistently because they're going to play next to these certain guys. But Haywood, you know, I don't even think it's about the starting thing. I'm more saying it about the playing because last game where he didn't start and he only played 10 minutes and he didn't play in the second half. And then you look what happened in that debacle late where Jay Rich is, is defending late in that game. Like I'm just more so about the fact Haywood needs to play. Like as much as we're going to say in harp on the offense, which is 100% warranted because they're scoring 80 points in a basketball game. The defense hasn't been pretty. And I was talking about it. I pulled out some numbers from January that I'm like, I was surprised to see that they were top five in defense in January. It's like, that doesn't feel right. Cause I don't feel like they defended great, but they played teams and, and teams haven't shot. Well, I think is part of it that they played some bad offensive teams, but the defense doesn't deserve to get off the hook just because they, they played some lackluster offenses and, and skated, skated out of the games. Like they're going to need to play these certain defenders. They need to play them around their best players so Haywood, Haywood's minutes need to, to kind of stick at a certain point, and there's no better way to monitor him in, than in the starting lineup. But here's the thing, Ethan, lastly I'll say, is I think they're also preparing for Hawkins to return. And we've talked about this before, where it makes more sense to play Haywood with Hawkins off the bench than to play Caleb and Hawkins together consistently, just because they're similar skill sets. So that, to me, feels like they're also kind of preparing for Hawkins to kind of just hit the ground running when he returns. Yeah, and you mentioned hit the ground running, and I think that's the key phrase here because he will. I, I I don't I don't worry about rust with him, as I would with some of the others. And I mentioned this on playback that they've had this issue where like two guys come back, and it takes them two or three games. Like Kevin Love is still rusty. Like he played better tonight than the other night, but he was in a real rhythm, right? And I talked to Kevin about this after the game the other night. Like two guys come back, and then it takes them two games, three games to shake off the rust. We saw it with Caleb. We saw it with Josh early in the season, and by the time that they get warm two other guys go out and then you have the same situation and this is the problem with kind of this rotating door of depth where it's it's great that you have depth but you don't have everybody playing well at the same time um alex i, I know we want to get to these stats and but i want to tease them no i want to tease them for tomorrow i think this is a good podcast i think you hit on a good pod i'm just going to say these real quick and then we're going to go to the play in the night and then we'll uh we'll close this thing with the injury report but these are your stats so i'm giving you credit for them the numbers are the numbers they don't lie Jimmy and Tyler together with no BAM are minus 11 this year. Net rating. Right. Pro net rating. All three of them together are basically a plus seven. Okay. So all three of them together, again, looks fine. Right. But you take one of them off or you end up with that. Because then if you, if you go Tyler and BAM with no Jimmy, minus eight or minus nine almost. Tyler without Jimmy and Bam is a plus three. I just want people to think about those numbers overnight to try to make sense of them. That's all. Because we're going to discuss the so-called big three 
tomorrow and and how you move pieces in and out and, and how to possibly make this thing work uh which clearly it's not right now at least not in the aggregate um all right let's get right now to the play of the night and now it's time for the insurance by lynette play of the night sponsored by insurance by lynette.com and a aggressive insurance agency you can reach out to our friend lynette at 954-581-8800 that's 954-581-8800 or insurance by lynette.com that's insurance by lynette.com with two n's and two t's your best play for auto insurance homeowners insurance condo insurance life insurance or a retirement program Reach out to Lynette at insurancebylynette.com. So Alex says Tyler and Jimmy Stats line up with me and Ethan earlier today on the podcast, but who's the BAM, I guess, in this case? Who 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 makes this thing work? Is it Greg? Is it Brady? Or do we need to go get somebody else in a trade? One. We just need one. We already saw the numbers. That, that, that's it. That, that, our plus minus will be better. Uh, the play, play of the night tonight, um, I'm not going to pick a Kyle Lowry miss. I'm not going to do that. I promised I wouldn't do that. So, and I already mentioned that, that, I don't know, when Duncan got beat for that, that layup on the, Brady, give me a play. Give me a play that symbolizes the evening. I'm not going to, I'll give a sequence of plays because I was thinking about it before. I don't know how uh, Moritz Wagner only had eight points because I felt like he killed them. Like, I felt like he, he, there was a stretch there where he just got fouled like five times and they didn't have any answer to it. So I'm just going to say every time that Wagner got fouled because that just symbolized the night. It's as I said it before. We're going to talk about the offense, but getting beat on the perimeter and then them dumping it down to their big man, and now it's a, it's a smaller guy trying to keep up there. It's like I don't know. It's a very it's a very tough stretch. That, I mean, it's a tough team to play because they play a, a bigger lineup style. But that was just symbolized things pretty well for me. Right. Uh, let's say an injury to insult right now. The injury report, Alex. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein. Again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now... The injury report. We never wish injuries on anybody here, but in the Heat's case, an injury or two would probably help them to thin out the roster and figure out how to play together. Uh, the only one to really get into here is Jaime Hawkins, still dealing with a groin injury. I was told a couple of days they're going to be super careful about this. This is not something uh, that you mess with. Um, I don't think, I know people were joking, this is like the old Deion Waiter six to eight weeks. I, I don't believe it's that. I think he's going to be back. Uh, reasonably soon. It's hard to pinpoint an exact day, though. But, uh, you know, again, I, I didn't think there was any chance he was going to play today. They do have two days off uh, before Wednesday's game. They've got their gala at the arena tomorrow night, actually. Our Kevin Rodriguez is going to be there on the red carpet uh, taking pictures and posting that on Instagram and everybody for everybody. And I think they've got En Vogue performing, if anybody cares about that. I'm surprised that uh, Riley didn't pick one of his Motown artists. But anyway. They're all getting together tomorrow. The vibes are always weird after a loss at one of these events. I've covered many of these events after losses. They always like to go into the with a win, uh, but they will see each other tomorrow, and then they'll have a practice on Tuesday, and my guess is we'll get a better feel for where they stand prior to the back-to-back. They've got, uh, with Hawkins and others, they've got, uh, they got Memphis. They better get that one because then they get Boston, then they get the Knicks, 
and then they get Phoenix. And if they don't get the one Wednesday night, you could be looking at a seven-game losing streak. And, and Boston uh, is the second night of a back-to-back. Boston is the second night of a back-to-back. And then we'll be directing you to a Florida Panthers pod. Anyway, thanks to our sponsors. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.